Hello and welcome to Game on Girl on the Go. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and uh, you may know me as the head geek at the Geek Embassy, and you may know me from the Game on Girl podcast. Uh, you may know me from a lot of other places like Geeking with the Moms podcast and various and sundry other places you can hear my voice. Um, and you may not know me, you may be new to Game on Girl, uh, so welcome and thanks for listening. Uh, In these first few episodes of Game on Girl on the Go, I've been talking about the gamer types that I discovered during my dissertation research. Uh, The first episode I talked about self-gamers. The last episode I talked about role players. And today I'm going to talk about mastery players. Uh, Interesting note, I did not come up with the title for Mastery Players until after I was done with my dissertation, because I was primarily looking at how role players or or people manifested personalities and identities in-game. I very clearly and completely identified self-gamers, people who go in and create their own avatar and create a way to express their own personalities in game um, very quickly. It's easy to identify them because they all will talk about their avatars in first person. Um, I identified role players pretty quickly because a lot of people just identify as role players in game and they talk about their avatars in third person most of the time. So when it came to mastery players, in the dissertation I called them neutral players because they didn't speak one way or the other about their avatars. And they seem to have kind of less of a connection to the characters that they played in-game than the other two categories had. So I saw clear connections between self-gamers and their avatars and role players and the characters that they created. But then there was this group that just really didn't fit into the structure and would switch back and forth between talking about their avatars as themselves or talking about their avatars as other people um, or outside of themselves. So there was some fluctuation. So I really couldn't delineate. So even in the dissertation, I talked about how the drive to play in this category, which I later named Mastery Gamers, was to master the game, where the the engagement and the reason and the motivations behind playing were to get achievements in game, or to finish the game, or to best or master the game. And all of those were sort of easy drives to see. Um, They're more interested in mechanics, more interested in um, showing that they were able to best or be better than the game. Um, A lot of the stories mastery players will tell are about sort of outsmarting the game or finding a way to work around a certain uh, category for achievement or um, creating spreadsheets so they could track the best way to play and the most effective way to play. Um, There's not a lot of sort of symbolic identity for mastery players. They don't go in and see um, themselves. uh, So their attachment to their avatar is uh, remote at best. Um, To give an example of a mastery player, my significant other is a mastery player. He agreed to play World of Warcraft with me and some of my friends when we decided to go back. He did not, however, want to start at 
level one <laughs> um, because he didn't want to do the grind to, um, to the end game. He wanted to get to the end game as quick as possible. So we figured out a workaround, which was he created a death knight on my World of Warcraft account and um, named that death knight Grumpy Bear. Um, which I still stand as one of the most ironic and awesome names I've ever had anyone give an avatar ever. He played um, that Death Knight on my account until whatever level you had to get it up to in order to be able to transfer it to another account, which was at least another 10 or 15 levels up. So he leveled uh, the Death Knight up to, you know, whatever the level was he needed to transfer. He transferred it to his own account, and then that's how we went about playing uh, World of Warcraft. Um, for, uh, for him, the enjoyment and the pleasure in World of Warcraft came from mastering the end game content, getting to max level, and then being able to play you know, the game at its hardest level. I probably never would have actually raided in World of Warcraft if it hadn't been for gaming with him. Uh, I had no attraction, the social pressure of, um, of interacting in a raid was just something that I had never really been drawn to. I liked running dungeons and I liked being in small groups, particularly when we could play with people that we knew. Um, but that drive to get like the best gear and to be able to best the game was really not something that I had ever been interested in. Uh, so playing with him as a mastery gamer, like I've said before, I identify mostly as a self gamer, really allowed me to push myself and to kind of expand my horizons as a gamer. Um, which I think if I'm going to look back on the ways that these um, types interact, I'll do that more in depth in the next episode, uh, that would be one thing I, I would say comes from sort of having a, a mastery player in your midst, is you really do get a sense of um, pushing yourself and maybe sort of testing your limits. Or you might become more comfortable if you are playing with all self-gamers who are more interested in kind of going in and having a good time. Um, not that all self-gamers feel that way, but that is one sort of priority for self-gamers most of the time is to really just go into the game and enjoy themselves. Um, so it, it really did kind of help me learn a little bit more about myself and learn the game better to have a mastery player as one of the people I was primarily playing with. Um, a lot of people might want to call mastery players what's commonly known as hardcore gamers. Um, I don't really see that there's a connection between that because I know some pretty hardcore self-gamers who are just really into um, representing themselves and then still master the game in a way that someone would call hardcore. I have problems with the definitions of hardcore and casual gamers anyway because it sort of cuts out um, lots of ways that people play that I think are very valid and sort of prioritizes certain types of play over another. Um, but if you did want to kind of look at what some people would identify as hardcore, you would see more mastery players kind of falling into that definition where, like I said, it's more about besting the game, um, getting achievements, um, doing everything you can. So if you're, you're a steam gamer and you play on steam, um, you know, each game has its list of achievements to unlock. And I would, you know, say one of the games that I have continued to play and I have played repeatedly 
is Plants vs. Zombies, the original one, which I have on my Steam account. And even though I have played that game on Steam at least four times all the way through, I still haven't gotten all of the achievements for uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Like, I just, there were certain ones that, um, I think it was the Vase Breaker that I just never got around to finishing the last one. In fact, I think the last couple of achievements I got on Vase, Vase Breaker were my significant other doing that for me. <laughs> he, he just went in and he was much better at mastering that than I was. Um, so uh, that's, you know, definitely not something that sort of drives me to play. Um, but a lot of master gamers will go in and make sure they get like all the achievements in World of Warcraft. Um, you know, a lot of people who were um, role players would still seek out achievements, but they would seek them out more specifically. So like a lot of self gamers, um, one in particular that I talked to loved to have pets, but not pets that like actually helped um, with any kind of you know, in-game abilities, but just the kind of pets that were decorative that you could kind of have with you as companions. And that was really kind of her, her big thing. Um, so she had a whole bunch of pets, but it wasn't, she wasn't doing it to have, um, gotten all of the pets. She was doing it because she really liked what they looked like and liked to be able to have them around her as she played with her avatar. So, um, so there are sort of kind of different drives that people go for achievements, but, um, mastery players will a lot of the time, um, just want the achievements and just want to get to the achievements. Um, they're more, more interested in engaging with the game. Um, they're not necessarily driven by the social connections that they have in game. Um, although they do help and when you, um, especially help for certain achievements, um, but they're not drawn to kind of the social aspects of um, MMORPGs or the social aspects of gaming necessarily. Um, these types, um, self, role player, and mastery, uh, definitely map into board games as well as um, uh, video games in sort of pen and paper D&D games. Um, I think you would often hear... Um, mastery gamers referred to as rules lawyers or people who are going to, you know, pull out the rule book to make sure you're doing things correctly and who will often nitpick on the ro- on the rules. Um, playing a board game like Pandemic with too many mastery players uh, can be excruciating, especially if you don't tend that way, because they will plan out step by step like the next five moves, even though there's a host of things that could happen. Um, and it just gets to the point where I actually stopped playing Pandemic with my gaming group because there were too many people who were <laughs> leaning this way, uh, my partner included, um, and it just wasn't any fun for me anymore. So Pandemic The Cure I still enjoy because that's a dice-based game and there's so much more random chance involved in it, you can't plan out every move. And so I find it much more engaging uh, for that. Um, so yeah, so that's master players, uh, driven, uh, to best the game, driven for achievements. In our first visual representations, we had, um, the mastery player as holding a, a trophy, an actual, you know, trophy. And that is, you know, sort of part of the drive for them. Uh, so in next episode, I will talk about kind of how mastery players, role players, and self players get along or don't. 
uh, and how they interact with each other and what they might be able to kind of learn and grow from each other uh, if they do play together. So let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. Um, I'd love to hear what you think if you are a mastery role player or self player. If you are a mastery player, um, do you have social experiences? Do you like to play with other people? I'd love to hear some answers to questions like that. Uh, if you'd like to read descriptions of the gamer types, uh, head over to the Geek Embassy and type in gamer types into the search string. And I have a nice little write up of the gamer types that I came up with for Game on Girl. Uh, written up on the site so you can kind of get the, the the summaries of what I've been talking about in these first few episodes of Game on Girl on the Go. So please don't forget to subscribe uh, both here on Game on Girl on the Go and uh, check out Game on Girl, my full podcast. I just had an interview with an indie author named Trish Heinrich about her superhero novels that she writes and her time playing World of Warcraft. Uh, So yeah, go check those out. And until next time, game on.